How can we make the world better? By making ourselves better. The Dr. Joe Show explores how you can make positive personal change by using his groundbreaking and highly effective I Am approach to understand who we are and why we do what we do. Your small changes can have big effects. Join us now for the Dr. Joe Show with Mark Stiles of Stiles Law and your host, Dr. Joe Schrand. I need to make a new cut of that. Yeah, you really do. It's okay, though. It's, it was pretty good for what it is. It stopped abruptly. At some point, we'll play the whole song for people. If you want to hear the whole song, Van Gogh. Vincent Van Gogh cut off his ear. Did he do it for love? Did he do it from fear? Who knows? Van Gogh. Wasn't it a, a simp thing? Didn't he do it for his girlfriends? Uh, he may very well have. And then it goes on. Dear Romeo drank from the vial. Did he do it for love or was he just being wild? Who he was knows? in a re really silly mood. Van Gogh. Stretch the canvas. Rush with madness. Is it sadness or just a show? Van Gogh, go, 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 go. And it goes on. So, uh, Tom, could you introduce our guest for tonight, please? I mean, we're very, very fortunate to have this guest because, you know, he's a pretty world-class guy and uh, he's giving us his time. So let's get right to it, Tom. Let's, let's speed right to it. So we have returning tonight, Dr. Joe, a fan favorite, world-class Ratchet & Clank speedrunner, among other variety contents, opera master, literally a master. I guess that's true. Mr. Zem. <laughs> yeah! It's not his handle. His handle is Zem. Yeah. <laughs> Zem Scott also works. I don't, I don't mind. Oh, we're going things. okay. What would you prefer? Oh, um, whichever one works. I, I, you know, it's uh, I've, I actually feel like I hear Zem so often in my regular life. Sometimes I forget I have an actual name. Mm. Um, but I really don't mind either way. It's, it's uh, one of those things I'm, I'm quite accustomed to hearing both from even people that I've known before the moniker was ever made. So, what is a real name? Exactly. You know, I didn't get to choose it, so. <laughs> you chose Zem, didn't you? I did. Yeah, I chose it when I was like 12 or 13. It was, a, it was based off of uh, a, a, a boss from the video game Kingdom Hearts. and uh, Oh, Zemnus. Yeah, Zemnus. And I, I, I made like a really cringy mashup between his name and somebody else's name. And then after a while, I was like, oh, this, this is kind of a bad name. I'm just going to go with Zem. <laughs> nice. Very nice. And and uh, and Scott was a chosen name. Yeah, I don't mind that one either. I, I quite like that one. So so that was that was free, really. That was like, yeah, a, a freebie. Yeah, Scott free. <laughs> Zem is yeah. gold premium. That's, a, that's actually premium. Yeah. My uh, my Snapchat name is Scott Free. I I, I try really? to I try to use that joke whenever I possibly can. It's it's yeah. pretty funny. It it is. Thank that, you. Oh, that's his real McCoy. No one named Scott or something McCoy gets off without hearing that for the first time every day. <laughs> it's true. It's good. So welcome back. And um, yeah, it has been nine months. So which has gone remarkably fast. Mm -hmm. uh, I got a chance to look at a video clip that Tom sent me. Okay. Uh, which perhaps we may talk about at some point about vengeance and oh no <laughs> anger and animosity but besides that catch us up what's been happening scott and zem sure it's it's actually quite interesting so the last time we spoke i was knee deep into uh a subathon so my stream was as long as it as people would give keep giving me money you know the longer people donated and subscribed the longer the stream went and uh that was quite an interesting time, but I also, it also kind of changed me by the end of it um, in, a, in a relatively remarkable way um, because by the time I was finished, it was about 90 hours of streaming continuously, um, which, which weirdly enough is not even close to how long people will take this subathon thing uh, in this day and age. Like it's a very meta thing right now to try to go for a whole month streaming continuously for a whole month um so like while the streamer is sleeping they'll have like their moderators or their friends play on their account to keep the stream going and like it's just a whole thing i don't know it, it's but like suffice it to say for a one-man operation five days or not five days 90 hours which is i guess like what that's three no, that's like that's, four and change. Oh, yeah, it's pretty close to five. Right. It's pretty close to five. Absolutely. Um, 
Yeah. So going for almost five straight days, um, I hit a very severe burnout, um, just physically. And, and that's, that's, uh, I had a friend who's in computer science who was talking to me about this. He said, you know, you are experiencing real burnout right now. Like no one is meant to work 90 hours straight. He's like, I know because I've had to do it for, for like coding purposes and, and for work and things like that. Like I know what this feels like. And so to kind of give myself a little bit of, of rest, I decided to just take a little bit of time off from things. Um, so I actually, I, I had to look really deep inside myself for this because I didn't want to stop because the momentum was just so good, but I couldn't keep pushing myself like that. And, um, I ended up actually taking two weeks off from everything because I, I, I needed to recalibrate. I needed to, it, it kind of reminded me that like I was doing it because I, I felt like I had to, and not because yeah. I actually wanted to do any of the stuff that I was actually doing. And so I kind of looked, I took those two weeks to really care for myself. Um, I saw a psychiatrist close by to me who helped me realize the struggles I had been having with ADHD. That was a big realization for me, um, realizing that I needed that help to kind of calibrate and adjust myself. And then career-wise, I was realizing that all the stuff I was doing, being the ratchet and clank guy and and that's pretty much it. It just felt so limiting. And that world started to feel so small. Mm. And, and so when that happens, I always try to start with like, why did I start doing this in the first place? And I believe that that was one of the central conceits of what we talked about nine months ago. In fact, I remember it quite vividly. We, we landed on the topic of, of bringing joy to people. Um, and that's inherently what a streamer is designed to do. It, it's, uh, you know, we, we help make other people's days just a little bit easier to get through. And if I'm not making my own life easy to get through, how can I expect to make other people's lives easy? And so by the end of this two week process of, of, I mean, soul searching or finding yourself or however people choose to put it, I kind of realized that my goal was never to be this guy who competes and wants to like tear other people down just to build myself up. I want to make engaging content that I just enjoy doing. And I want to share that with a much bigger audience. And so uh, not to get too tangential with this before we start to really no, delve into. It's, it's fine. Um, you're, you're, you're right on. Go on. Um, I, I realized that the, the only effective way to do this as a content creator in this day and age is to turn to YouTube. And it's something that I, I was kind of afraid of doing because it's just such a big world, but it's what, all the big people are doing now. And so right now I've, it's, it's kind of uh, crazy how it all turned out, but I ended up putting a lot of effort into creating a team of people who I love and trust, who will all help me further my ambitions of researching YouTube videos, um, studying algorithmically based content, learning how to hit those metrics um, and just putting together fun stories. And so that's what I'm knee deep in right now. I'm trying to make that transition from speedrunner to more than just that. Um, but it's hard and it takes time. And um, I feel like this is actually coming at a really great moment because fast forwarding to today, I've had to have so many deep, somewhat painful conversations with people about like what I'm doing right as a content creator and what I'm doing very wrong. So you know, basically the last nine months have just been a lot of learning. That's the easiest way to sum up a very, very long story. Um, learning about myself, learning about my craft and learning what kind of legacy I want to create for myself as well. So that, that is the very, very simplistic answer. We can dive as deep as you want to get into that. That's, that's great. And, and what was that revelation like for you? It's sobering. I guess that's the easiest way of putting it. Hmm. Um, I think a lot of times there's just so many ways to distract ourselves from our inner thoughts these days are, our, 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 you know, I can literally just within one motion of my arm, grab my phone and just distract myself with any number of things and not have to actually use my brain. But I realized that in, in order to really truly get in touch with what I want to do, I have to just sit with myself sometimes and, and, 
really ask myself those tough questions of, am I happy with the direction that I'm going? And so in a way it was extremely painful. Like I felt my ego being bruised and, and my pride was all over the place. And especially with learning a lot about my ADHD, my focus sometimes just goes everywhere. And with those intense feelings, it kind of triggers a lot of that ADHD sometimes. And like, I want to distract myself. I want to, you know, uh, do anything else, but, but remind myself of what it is I'm trying to focus on. Um, but yeah, the, I have to remind myself that the pain is good. It's, it's, uh, if it wasn't painful, it wouldn't be worth it. Um, to a degree, you know, like there, there's certainly limits to that sort of thing, but, but, uh, you know, opening yourself up to that sort of stuff is good. (laughs) And and if you didn't care, it wouldn't be painful. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's really, you know, the important reframe on this is that you care a lot. Yes. And that's a great thing to model for people, you know, especially after 90 hours of streaming the whole time Mm -hmm. for others. Uh, And, you know, how are we meant to do things for other people if we burn ourselves out while we're doing it? Yeah, it's true. It, it, it's great. The, the two rules that I teach all of my students and residents and everyone is the first, never worry alone. Mm. And it really sounds like you're doing that, right? You're not worrying alone. You found psychiatrists, you're creating a team of people. Mm-hmm. So important. But the second, for them, it's the word is therapist. For you, it's whatever you want to choose. But the therapist must survive. The streamer must survive. Zem, Scott must survive. So if you're worrying later on about things where it's time to go home, it's time to put everything aside, you're still worrying. You haven't followed the first rule. Yeah. Never worry alone. It's true. Very important modeling that you're doing. Yeah. And I, I think as well, it's one of the reasons why I'm so grateful for the team of people that I have and, and to kind of dig into that just a little bit to give some context. It's uh, it started when a friend of a friend, uh, he just kind of ended up at my house somehow. And it was just the two of us together because he knew me, he knew I streamed. He just kind of wanted to chill with me. And I was like, okay, let's, let's do that. And then he started asking me just very thoughtful questions about all the stuff. And it, and it was, you know, I hate to use coincidence or timing or things like that, but sometimes I think when you open yourself up to being accepting of, of just like what random stuff life has to throw at you, you can really learn a lot from it. And so basically I, I, I just said, you know what, let me just lay all my cards out on the table for this guy. And his name is Matt. Um, and I told him basically all of my frustrations, all of my, my plans, all the things I wanted to accomplish. And he just said, let me help you. He's like, he's like, I'm, I'm a, I work for an engineering company 40 hours a week. And outside of that, I don't really care much about like be, dumping my time into something that I think is fun. And this sounds fun. And um, so he's so smart when it comes to being business and organizationally minded. And I didn't know this until talking to him about it. And so we, we structured what the team would look like and basically, I just started asking my friends. I, I found some friends from college. I found some friends from speedrunning. I found friends even from my high school or even just random people that I trusted. And I just said, hey, do you want to just be a part of this cool project with me? And I expected all of them to say no, because it's, it's a time sink, you know? And, sometimes, and I think a lot of times we convince ourselves that people are so busy or they don't want to spend their time doing things that are as small as us. But they all said yes. And I was just like, why? Like, why do you want to be a part of this? And they're just like, I don't know. You really care about this. And I just want to help you make your dream come true. And it's, it's reminding myself that there are these people who believe in me and attempt to keep me grounded. And, and that's why I, I listen to it as much as I try to, even though it, it's like it goes against that egotistical side of us that says, I know what's best for me. Like sometimes... The, you have to just delegate to the people that, that you trust. And if they tell you you're not in a good headspace, you have to take a step away from this and come back when your head is clear. And then we can talk about this. I know they're telling me the truth. They're not trying to pull the wool over my eyes. 
Um, and so that's been a big, that's been also kind of painful in a way, because I used to be that person who's like, I have to do everything myself. It's my craft. I'm my own person. I'm in charge of my own destiny, but nobody ever builds success by themselves. It's just impossible. And the sooner we accept that, the, the higher we can soar, you know? Why do you think that's so difficult for people to accept? I think it's because people don't want to feel stupid, or at least that's the way that I felt. I was mm. like, I can't admit to people that I don't know how, what I'm doing. Then they'll think I'm an idiot. But no one knows what they're doing. We're all just guessing. And, and, and sometimes we're right and sometimes we're wrong. And, and like, oh, my God, I get so much crap from my viewers about my opinions because they all think that I've, all my opinions are so dumb, like, like about like hot dogs being sandwiches or something like that. Your take on Wordle is shit. we'll get into that (laughs) but uh yeah i uh i just think it's i i've had to like start practicing listening to people's opinions that i don't agree with because like Mm -hmm. if people don't care they wouldn't say it And, and that's like even if they don't agree with you they still cared enough to set it in the first place yeah so, I tell you, I resonate with that so much because that's exactly the messaging that we're trying to get out on the Dr. Joe show. Mm-hmm. It's just because somebody has a different opinion than you doesn't mean you shouldn't respect them. You know, I mean, if you don't respect them, how are you ever going to know or learn why they have that opinion? Yeah. Why would they tell you? So it's, it's so right on that message. Absolutely especially in, in today's world where we have so much conflict, so much division. If we really want to overcome that division, I have to know why someone is so angry. Yeah. So I would love to read some of the comments that your audience writes about some of your thoughts. Oh my goodness. Uh, Tom, I don't know if there's any that you can remember off the top of your head or any examples that you're, you're thinking. I know you mentioned Wordle previously, if you want to get into that a little bit. <laughs> oh, yeah, that was just something like uh, it was a very it was a very my brother in Christ moments where <laughs> Dr. Joe, you're familiar with Wordle. Oh, I play it every day. Yeah. As a matter of fact, we so, have a little contest in our family about it. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I tend to do in the mornings Wordle, Quirtle, mm-hmm. just four Wordles simultaneously and worldle where you mm-hmm. guess the <laughs> country and zem i believe you share wordle and quartal and you're like there see you're this is stupid you shouldn't be doing this sharing your thoughts this is so masturbatory and i thought i was my brother in christ what do you do again <laughs> i I can dive into this a little bit because because I uh, I want you to know that most of that was just trying to bait people. Gotcha. I I, I, uh, I just thought it'd be kind of funny to get a rile out of people just because I, I saw some people doing it. And and admittedly, a part of it also was that, like, it seemed like people just cared way too much about trying to seem smarter than other people when they shared it very, very publicly. And I was just like, like, listen, we all have good and bad wordles, like chill out. Okay. It's, <laughs> but you know, I, I, uh, I wrote that to be a contrarian back when the game first came out, but here I am still playing it every day as well. It's fun, you know, and it's, it's, uh, and I it's think the, it's, it's such an easy way to farm likes. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah. Sometimes I, I don't, I have nothing to say, nothing to report, no new selfies, no nothing but I got a Wordle screenshot. I'll post that. And it's like, Oh, I like them. They liked that. That's my ego. <laughs> never, never thought of that. What, what we, my daughter, Sophie introduced me to it when we were down in New York watching uh, her husband's show. And since then we've gotten into it and the whole family will we have a little family text where we will text Wordle in three, you know, Wordle in four, and then put it up there and, it is remarkable um, how people get very into this. My, I, I, I feel blessed to say that I have not lost a Wordle yet. No, well, not, not, not that I've gotten it faster than anyone, but I haven't gone past six. So, you know, I, I have a few of those few moments. There's no shame. There are some, there were some bullshit Wordles where it's. Yeah, but, but it's remarkable how it has 
it just gnawed at some of my family's egos when they missed it and broke their streak. They were like devastated. It's so silly. I mean, you know, it's a, it's a fascinating game, but Wordle. Yeah, we have, uh, I'm a big, I'm also a big fan of Hurdle. The now, what is Hurdle? Where you, uh, you hear like one second of an audio of a song and you have to try to guess what the song is. And then it gives you more and more as you get it incorrect. It, it reminds me how much, how sometimes how well I know music and how little I know music. It's a, yeah. it's a very interesting dichotomy. Like I, uh, like one of the ones very recently, I was just like kicking myself like, oh, I like, you know, you remember the beat, but you can't remember the title. You're just like, ah, we also, yeah. uh, we also have ratchet hurdle in the, in the ratchet community where songs from the various games will play. And then you have to try to guess it's the same concept. You have to try to guess the song and what game it was from and, things like that so how do you do on that one uh surprisingly poorly i uh <laughs> i i don't listen to the game audio when i play the games i have everything muted i just listen to i don't listen to anything i'm in total silence when i stream and so mm-hmm. all of my viewers hear the music all the time and i don't and so every time i don't get it right they just laugh at me <laughs> oh that's great that's great so it sounds like there was this epiphany for you after the 90 hours and then the two weeks. Yeah. Um, is that surprising to you as you look back on it? I think it was a long time coming. Hmm. Um, and I think I'm still basically, and it's another thing that I learned when I, when I saw uh, the psychiatrist about my ADHD, he, he was saying that oftentimes you're going to think in extremes and you're going to believe that you have to either go 100% or 0% and a lot of things. And, and he encouraged me while starting the medication to start to challenge those ideas whenever I feel them coming on. And in challenging the extreme worldview that I tended to have, it started to open up a lot of room for small changes. Um, which, which has basically been the moral of the past nine months for me as well, which is that if you want to build something, you have to do it small. It, it cannot happen in, it quickly. It's, it's, uh, we can also get into this. It's, it's, something, it's a big focal point of what I'm dealing with right now because I just released a video and it wasn't doing as well as I wanted it to. But all my viewers are just telling me, like, just release more. Just keep going. Just do it more and more. Like, get your ego out of this. Um, but yeah, it, it was... I wasn't taking care of myself mentally and physically and emotionally. Um, and I wasn't balanced. My entire life was simply streaming. Um, you know, and I kind of blamed the pandemic for that. And I think it was justified for a while, you know, just like we can't go outside. It's unsafe. And it's still relatively unsafe. I mean, I'm not trying to sit here and encourage people to be like, going out partying and being like, Oh, COVID's over. It's not, but it doesn't mean that we have to stop our lives. And I was using it as an excuse. I was running away from my problems by dumping my time into video games constantly, even off stream. And I became a really bad stoner as well. That was a big problem that I had. I was, I was using weed as a coping mechanism to deal with my issues and now I'm realizing that it's okay to tackle them head on. You know, it's, it's, uh, it's okay to want to wake up at six o'clock in the morning, not be used to it, and then wake up at nine or 10, but understand that you're still trying. You know, you can't give up the trying part. Um, so ideally, my routine for a while, for the past several months, has been getting up at 8 a.m., working on my videos, streaming, um, getting out going to the gym afterwards, cooking meals. That's a big one for me. I, I was really bad at cooking for a while and just enjoying the fact that it's okay that my life is allowed to be structured. Like structure feels limiting when you don't have one, like you, the idea of it. But once you're in it, you realize how much room it leads you. It's like, no, the structure isn't holding me back. It's affording me the time to do the things that I actually want to do because I don't have to worry about the micromanagement. So that's uh, it, it's been hard because I've also been alone. Um, I don't have many friends who live in this area, uh, so I don't always have a lot of reasons to go out or do things. But again, thinking about it in the terms of, and what am I using as excuses? 
it's like, sure, maybe it's a little unsafe to go out partying, but that doesn't mean I can't treat myself to like a day at the mall or just a walk around the town or just a really intense workout and like asking people for help at the gym. And uh, unfortunately, not to, uh, I don't know what this would open up, but I, unfortunately, I'm, I'm stuck in this thing right now. So uh, um, it turns out, so a part of, again, all the habitual stuff I was doing, I was working out five days a week for the past two or three months. And um, everyone knows that, you know, when you work out, your muscle fibers tear and then they, they or your muscle tissue or whatever the term would be it rips. And then the protein helps it grow back to be stronger. What I didn't know is that your bone tissue does the same thing. And and our skeletal structures have to adapt to the load that we're putting on them. We have to give them that time to do that. And so going from being, you know, the lazy skinny fat gamer nerd who stays inside all the time and doesn't do anything to working out five days a week consistently, my body I didn't give it the time to adapt. And so, uh, I fractured my foot from the, from the stress. Um, but it's okay. You know, I I've been in this boot now for about a week or week and a half. I've gotten used to it. Um, and, uh, yeah, I'm just kind of glad it's happening before uh, a summer of like going to conventions and things like that. So I can give this thing time to rest, but again, it's a challenge. I, I, it's, it's about doing the right things all the time as opposed mm-hmm. to big things every now and then. So right. just making sure I'm staying off and taking care of it, et cetera. You know, earlier you, you also said something that is actually the first truth of the I am. Mm-hmm. You know, small changes can have big effects. And you made that small change. You don't need to change everything. You know, just like, you know, your five-day-a-week exercising is a big change yeah. that also had an effect. Yeah, and then the weed part, just, just to mention real quick, I, I work with a lot of people who use drugs and alcohol to avoid a feeling, mm-hmm. you know, to avoid feeling angry, anxious, or sad. Um, and what they begin doing without realizing is convincing themselves that they're not strong enough to deal with that feeling. But every time they have the feeling, their brain says, well, you know what to do, you know, go get high. And they actually begin creating the feelings that they were trying to avoid. But everyone is strong enough to manage these feelings, not just cope with them. Coping sounds like you're just hanging on with your fingernails. You can do way more than cope. You can manage a feeling. Mm-hmm. But I'm, I'm curious, what were you avoiding that whole time? I mean, have you sort of dug deeper into childhood stuff, or teenage stuff, or is it? Do we need to stop recording now? No, no, no. It, there's, <laughs> uh, even if it was something terribly mm-hmm. traumatic, I, I don't have issues sharing that sort of stuff. I, I, right. I try to really sometimes, uh, unfortunately, I really do try to like cut myself open a little bit and, and just like sure. share a bit more than I feel I should. Um, but yeah, essentially I was hiding from the person that I know I can be. I Mm. saw the level of effort and the level of consistency and the level of love that is required in creating the ideal version of me. And I didn't feel like I was strong enough to achieve it. And, uh, it scared me. It scared the crap out of me. And, um, I think especially as a content creator, knowing that I am the product um, that was also very intimidating because knowing that my, my eventual goal is just to create content that inspires joy. Um, if I couldn't feel it in myself, I, I didn't know if I was, I convinced myself that I wasn't worthy of trying to find it. Mm. Um, and that, you know, the, the excuse that I used for a long time was that I was just born under an unlucky star. I was I was good enough to get to where I am, but I don't think I'm good enough to get to where I need to be. And um, my friends try to convince me for a long time that that's just not true, but I wasn't willing to listen. And um, I think they've been trying to tell me for a long time, like a really long time. And I plugged my ears and I just pretended I didn't care. Um, but especially today, I, I, I uh, 
something I was doing, I was just aggressively asking for feedback from people on this video, almost to an annoying degree. Um, because it was a video, the, the one that I just put out, it, 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 it took so much effort. Like my editor and I, we were sitting together for 70 hours putting this thing together and I fell in love with it. But what I forgot is that, you know, it's only my second big project that I'm doing. There's bound to be mistakes. The, the script isn't going to be perfect. The editing is going to be a little off. It's not going to meet people's expectations in one way or another. And storytelling is, is still something that's so conceptually hard to figure out. But I needed to just do it. I needed to just ask people, like, what did I do wrong? Why isn't this working? And I asked my one friend uh, who I've known, his name is Ricky. I've, I've known him for so many years now. And I asked him, I need your honest feedback. And he laid into me, but it was because he cares so much. And that's where I had to approach it from because it, it got really, really personal. It was like, I, these are things that, are, that you are doing that I think are fundamentally incorrect about you. And, and, and when one of your friends tells you that there's, there's only two ways you can react. It's going to be very polarized. You're going to either say, screw you, or you're going to actually pay attention to what they say, even if it feels like it's challenging you or, or if you disagree with it. And I think that's kind of emblematic of what I've been trying to do with myself. It, it's, it's, um, not run from the ugly truths anymore. And <laughs> I may not understand them. I may not like them, but I am only so perceptive of who I am right now. And I have to consider the way that others view me as well. It's, it's, uh, I think by and large, people don't really have to care that much in their personal lives. But when this is my profession, I do have to care. I have to, I have to see how I come off to people. And um, yeah, I think I still have trouble staying sober sometimes. I'll admit that I, I, I slip into the temptation of it, but largely whenever I feel that urge to run, I just try to ask myself, why am I running? There you go. And, and is, is the reason I'm running really that terrible? Is it really yeah. so scary that I can't handle it? And like right. you're saying that that strength is in us. We just have That's to trust right. it. Yeah. You're, you're, you're so following the I am approach, whether you realize it or not, <laughs> it's much more important to be, reflexive than reflective mm -hmm. and it is much more rewarding to wonder than to worry yeah so that's exactly what you're doing and you're gonna get triggered you're gonna have an urge to do this to do that and then you can step back and look at the four domains what happened was it something at home social domain biological i see the way i see myself but the part that that i wanted to come back to also was this idea that somehow if we're not doing our most amazing work, mm -hmm. we're not doing enough. Mm -hmm. um, and the I am also addresses that, that even that's an I am. It's all, you're always doing the best you can do. As soon as you sort of have that freedom, realize that, wow, I can do this. It really does create a different neurochemistry as well. And I think as well that um, people have to understand that their reactions aren't them. And uh, that's a big one for me because usually my, my, I don't know if coping process is the right word, but, but certainly the process on how I manage those terrible feelings that well up in me when I, when I feel like I'm not enough or when I feel like a piece of criticism is really getting to me. I think people just need to allow themselves to just feel it. Just let yes. it, it's like a lightning bolt. Just let it run yeah. its course. Yeah. And, and I, I want to just push back a minute. It is you. Mm -hmm. You know, when you have these negative feelings, that is part of you. But okay. you can then do something about it. You don't have to then yeah. go on. I mean, it's a very limbic, primitive, ancient response. You know, we all worry that we're not good enough. Mm. But even that's your I am. You know, it's fascinating that human beings have evolved to worry that we're not good enough. How is that? really been helpful but it must have been at some point yeah maybe not anymore maybe not anymore maybe not every day so what's the path for you now with with all these changes you're making creative videos and are you having fun 
I had a blast making this video. I, I actually, the, uh, the biggest reason why I know I'm on the right path for myself is because I haven't felt this. I don't even know how to describe it. Maybe love is the best word, but just like, or you know what it is? I haven't felt the lust for life in so long. Like I have with this, with this video creation process. And I think that's what was missing is that I just didn't feel that, that spark, um, that like that reason to get up and give 110%, you know, that, that driving motivator, because I don't know, I, I, I kind of slipped for a long time into just treating it like a job Mm. and, and not recognizing that. I am allowed to do with this job whatever I want. <laughs> and I, I have the luxury as a streamer to try things. And not a lot of people always have that in their professional lives. And I try to remember that. But with YouTube video creation, it's like it's I can I can finally find competition with the one person I was scared of finding competition with myself. And, and I found that in, in speedrunning for so long, but once you achieve all the goals you set out to find in a certain thing, sometimes it is best to move on because mm-hmm. if you, if you just keep running the same course over and over in this case, very literally, because it was the, the goal of speedrunning is to play the same game faster than you did previously. It, it's uh, there's only so much that we as humans can take away from doing any one thing for too long. And it's that, that perspective, that shift has really opened my eyes to a lot of things. Like when I saw an all-time great in a sport or an activity retire, I would always say to myself, why are they quitting? They're the best. Isn't that enough? And then finally, when I felt I had achieved that in my own community, when I felt like I had become the best, I just realized how lonely of a world that is. Yeah. And, and that as humans, we're meant to push ourselves in new ways and, and slip and fail and be messy. And that's the process of being alive, being a, like you're saying, being a little bit better today than you were yesterday. And with something as massive as YouTube, I could work on that my entire life and not perfect it. Mm-hmm. I can keep finding new ways to make even better videos and, and, inspire myself to continue making stories that I want to make. And I, I get it now. I get why people go into like film direction. It, it makes sense to me. You have control over a story that's being told to everybody. And the, I think as well, I realized that I, living in my own world is just so small and proving to people that I'm worth their time or that I'm worth being acknowledged as somebody, somebody who's great at something is so much less important than sharing the world with them. And so basically, I mean, I still want to speed run. I still have goals for myself that I want to achieve, but they seem the, the relationship has changed. Whereas that goal was the driving force in my life of being the best. Now I can focus on doing that in my spare time and instead worry or focus on being better. And so I think that's the, the real dynamic shift for me. And it's, I know I'm kind of getting a little word salad here, but. No, but Dr. Joe, he caught himself. Did you see that? I did. I did. Yeah. Did you? I did. I, I almost said worry, but instead uh, I forget what I changed it to, but. Focus. Focus. It's perspective. That's right. Yeah. It's cool. And you know, you, you are still the best uh, at what you have done. You have records, you have all of those accolades that will never be less than it is, mm-hmm. but you're right. You, it doesn't mean you have to keep doing the same thing over and over again. It's actually a really interesting metaphor mm-hmm. for life. You know, if you keep doing the same thing over and over again, you just try to do it faster. Hmm. What do you miss? Yeah. You know, what do you miss? It's really interesting. And moreover, and, I just want to add one other thing real quick. Please. The, I feel like I actually saw somebody post about this recently. I forget who it was, but it was a beautiful post. 
they were saying that they're 28, 29, which is, I, I, I forget their exact age, but that's basically where I am in my stage of life age wise. And they were saying they're thinking of just all out retiring from speed running. And they went into it and they just said, my, I have gotten out of speed running what I needed to flourish into who I am today. And to leave it behind is not to give up on it, but more so to place it somewhere where somebody else who needs it can pick it back up. Mm. And I just thought that was a totally beautiful perspective. And it really encapsulated what I'm feeling right now, where it's just like my journey of proving to myself that I can be great at what I do. That is the big takeaway from speed running. It's not, wow, look how amazing I am, but more so look what I was able to do. Yeah. And all it took was me pouring my heart and soul into it and not giving up. And uh, if anybody, if people beat my records or they, they, they want that legacy for themselves, I think they should go for it because, you know, you're not going to find what you're looking for, but you'll find what you need on the journey. So that's the one thing I wanted to add to that. And I saw, I think I saw the same posts. I think you shared yeah. it. Uh, what he said that stuck with me is that what he's not leaving behind is the community. Mm-hmm. That's the mo- isn't that the most important, you know, component of the whole thing? Like- Absolutely. Yeah. The, the, it's, it, it, I hate how cliche the phrase, like the real blank was the friends we made along the way. But it's so true. I mean, like, I feel more connected to so many people than I ever would have without speedrunning. And while I still figure out what it is that I'm, the stories that I'm trying to tell next, I know that it doesn't have to stop being a part of my life. Uh, those people will still be there for me as long as I'm alive. And that's kind of beautiful. And beyond this year, are you still going to be attending events? Oh, of course. Yeah. This, uh, at the end of this month, I'm attending Games Done Quick in Minneapolis. Next month, I'm flying to Sweden for the very first time to go to European uh, speedrunner marathon or speed. I forget assembly. the exact uh, speedrunner. Assemb- oh, it's e- the same yeah, initials e- as the European Space Agency. So sometimes the. Yes. Yeah, <clears throat> assembly. Thank you. I, I can't believe I even forgot the acronym there for a second. Um, but yeah, so I, I still want to keep going. You know, I, I, I don't know whether or not I'm going to be running at them. I don't know. Like, even though I'm having these conflicted feelings. I don't think I'm going to view these runs as like my final lap or my retirement ceremony or victory lap or whatever term you want to use. I don't want to really retire from it. I just kind of want to, you know, have it when I need it. And uh, again, not thinking in absolutes. If I, uh, if I want it, it's there for me. If I want to go to these events and see my friends, I, I always can. And that's not going anywhere. So I, uh, yeah, it's kind of my stance on all this right now. I, I want to keep seeing what this world of speedrunning has to offer, even as I make my journey forward. I mean, that sounds very inclusive. Makes a lot of sense. <laughs> I try to be, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I feel like I'm not always perfect at it, but I, I think, uh, being an open-minded person is maybe more important now than ever. This is already a hell of a month for that. Yeah. Now, did you, did you want to talk about that too? Uh, I saw your tweet at, for uh, Pride Month, and I was very oh sure intrigued by it. Yeah, so to give context, um, it was essentially I had talked about this quite a bit on stream, and, and my viewers even made a joke that it was my my twelfth coming out. Um, but I very I chose to make a very public post about how um, I don't really know where I land sexually or gender wise. I don't, and frankly the labels aren't super important to me either. Um, In my life, I've always believed, you know, uh, be with whoever you want to be with and be whoever you want to be. And uh, so I don't know. I don't really subscribe to heterosexuality anymore. I don't really know where I am, but again, figuring that part out. And uh, as far as gender norms go and societal gender pressure, I don't really care about fitting into the stereotypes or the idea of, of the man, you know, I, I don't know what that means for me. I don't know where I am on the spectrum, but I'll figure that part out. Um, yeah, sorry, go ahead. It's, uh, it's, it's neat to me because I've been unlearning a lot these past few years 
Yeah. Uh, you know, one of my favorite game series is Assassin's Creed. Mm-hmm. And the, uh, the motto of the Assassins is nothing is true. Everything is permitted. Mm. Basically meaning, hey, society, we made everything concerning it. We made it up. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking like, so we have the stereotypes about blondes and brunettes and stuff like that. So you oh, know, I remember those when but I was you're a not, kid. Yeah. Yeah. But you're not defined by your hair. You're not defined by your eye color. You're not supposed to be defined by your skin color. So why is your identity and your social role defined by what's between your legs? Yeah. And people will say, well, what about nature? Dude, nature is gay as fuck. <laughs> have, you, have you looked at bonobos, our closest genetic relative? Anything goes with them. I don't know if you could even find a documentary of it on Animal Planet. I think it'd all be blurred out. Yeah. And not to say that it's all sex stuff, but we made I, it up. I, uh, I've had that realization many times in, uh, in my walks that I would take on my own all throughout the last nine months where I'd just be like, like, why? Like this whole, like, like you're saying, the whole society thing, we, we really did kind of make it up. And I don't want, to live my life playing by other people's rules um, as, as strange as it may, or as complicated as that is. I think complicated is a better word because I don't know. It, it's just like one of, one of my best friends in the whole world, his, his name is Steven and he encourages me. Like he, he is very much somebody who was born in a very different lifestyle than me. His, his uh, we have similar upbringings in so much that we were kind of raised uh, in households of divorced parents and things like that. And, uh, while I went the route of pushing myself to be as successful and, uh, I don't know, wealthy is the simplest way of putting it, but it's more than that. But like, essentially I, I had a mind geared towards success. He had a mind that was geared in the exact opposite direction of just purely love. And that's it. And, he always inspires me a lot when we have these sorts of conversations about where we differ ideologically, because it reminds me that so many of my, my core values were given to me and not discovered from within. Like the idea of success is not just money. It's not just, you know, like who you're with or where you live. It's, it is success and love are interconnected and you have to kind of embrace that. And so like, especially with these like deep rooted philosophical ideologies of just like, what is the world around us? I think it's just important, like no matter where you stand to always try to think one level deeper. And and it's like, you'll, you never know what you're going to have, what's going to happen when you think of like something absurd or like a stupid joke. And then you just run down that path just one, one more time, you know, like one step further, but it's kind of cool, you know? And that's, uh, that's kind of where those, those realizations came from. It's just like, I don't know what, what happens if I think about, how I view my sexuality and gender just one level deeper. And then just you see what happens, see what I discover. So yeah, I don't know. Self-discovery is kind of badass. That's, that's the, the short answer for that. There are a couple of things. First, you know, one of my definitions of success is when you love going to work and love going home. Mm. You know, if you love going to work and love going home, it is about love. Um, and, you know, we're so much more than, we ever will realize our identity, our connection. But I wanna just come back for a moment because there is a wonderful dad joke. I hope you don't mind. When somebody says, you know, my mother told me you can be whoever you wanna be. You know, you can be who you wanna be. And then I learned that, you know, identity theft is a crime. So it's like, (laughs) sorry. Millions of families suffer every year, Dr. Joe. That's so true, (laughs) that's so true. I love telling dad jokes. You know, some, sometimes he even laughs. Oh. So, um, so <laughs> let's get back to this for a moment because there's so many layers to identity, right? I mean, Zem, Scott, you know, runner, YouTube, creative, so many. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, is, it is interesting how we have evolved a society though where there are certain things and, and this goes deep, deep, deep into our sociobiological evolution. 
you know, how, I'll just give you a thing. Everything changed. You know when everything changed? Internal gestation. I know that sounds really weird, but as soon as we stopped laying eggs and women began to carry babies, the whole rubric of reproduction changed. Because hmm. men never knew for sure, whether that was their baby. Mm-hmm. The women always know it's their baby. With an egg, you know, okay. Internal gestation solved that question. This is my baby, but the guy has to trust that it's his. Mm-hmm. Isn't that interesting? Yeah, that is pretty interesting to think about. I never considered mm-hmm. that before. Yeah. That that has that has had such an enormous influence on how we develop societies and cultures. Yeah. But one simple change in the biological domain. Yeah. I don't know. That's that is very interesting to think about because there's there's implications there, but it also means that there's like, I don't know, just a world to unpack in so in just that one small fact. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's cool. We haven't talked about music much. I was actually just thinking about music. Um, yeah, we get, we got to unpack that one a little bit too, because that was uh, that was also a big part of my learning process. Um, so again, to give context, I was kind of divided in in my professional life, where half of me wanted to be a speedrunner and a content creator, and half of me wanted to be an opera singer. And I've been, you know, I have about ten years of opera experience under my belt now. And uh, I had just finished grad school right around the start of the pandemic. And that really changed everything in the world of music because not only did it show how fragile it was, it also exposed so many of its flaws. Um, There were so many organizations that were not being managed correctly. There were so many organizations that were kind of letting down their musicians. Like for the... The Metropolitan Opera House, I'm going to put them on blast. Uh, I hope you don't mind, uh, just because I feel they deserve it. They did a terrible job during the pandemic. It was, uh, they've already been, they, they're supposed to be the pinnacle of opera in America. Um, they are the one opera house that people tend to know if they know anything about opera in the first place. It's like either that or the Chicago Lyric, or I don't know, uh, maybe there's one other example I'm not thinking of, but the Metropolitan Opera House is supposed to be the shining beacon for, for what is for the world of opera. And uh, right before the pandemic, it was discovered um, trigger warning for anybody who's, who may be a little bit upset by this, that uh, the head conductor of the Metropolitan Opera, uh, his name is James Levine. He was the conductor for, I think 30 or 40 years. Incredibly like he's one of those dudes that you, you may recognize him if you saw him just cause like, He's the guy in all the YouTube videos conducting who has like the wild hair. And he's just like, he, he kind of looks like just like the stereotypical, like, like weird kind of conductor guy. Um, but anyway, the point is massively famous, massively influential. It was discovered that he had been molesting little boys for, for decades, <laughs> decades, underage, underage boys. And everybody at the Met knew about it and nobody did anything. And so between that happening just before the pandemic and during the pandemic, they were also not paying their orchestras. Instead, they were hiring contracted musicians and paying them at lower rates. And just that just completely screws over the entire ecosystem because now you just have all these musicians who were promised pay who are now not being paid. And, and what are they supposed to do? And, uh, and so this whole thing kind of shifted my whole worldview where I was saying to myself, who do I make music for? And that was maybe one of the most powerful questions I've ever asked myself because it made me realize that all the dreams that I had of singing on these big stages, I'm not doing that for me. That's, that's not music that, well, I mean, literally it's music, but that's not my definition of music. My definition of music is, is, the art that brings us all together. We all understand music, every single one of us, even if we don't like, even if, I don't know, I always think anybody who doesn't like music is a bit of a psychopath, but uh, that's a discussion for another time. 
Um, we'll have but, it another yeah, time. Yeah. We will have it. I, I think that still though, you know, 99.9999% of people are all connected through music. And so if I'm not focusing on making music that expresses who I am, or if I'm not doing it because I love it, then why am I doing it? And so I looked at myself and I just said, I think it's time to put it away. I think it's those dreams that I had that were at the time now seeming, or not, that nowadays seems so naive. Sorry, I'm like playing with this nail filer because I, <laughs> I, I just need to hold something. Um, ADD at its peak. Yeah. Um, I realized it was time to put that dream away because it wasn't my dream anymore. Mm. It, it, Are you? Sorry. Are you writing? Are you writing music at all? I'm not writing right now. As a matter of fact, I, I haven't really done much with my voice in the last two years. Mm. Um, and I'm slowly trying to reacclimate myself to that process of just sitting down and practicing, even if it's only half an hour a day. Um, but I, I have a piano over here. I could, well, I'm not going to pan the camera over because my room is a disaster. But <laughs> um, yeah, I have, a, I have a piano over there that I started taking lessons on. Um, you know, I, I submitted to, to Games Done Quick. They allow you when you do runs to submit donation incentives that people from all over can donate towards. And for the first time in two or three years, I submitted a, a singing donation. It'll be my hmm. first time performing in a crowd in two years if they accept it. Wow. And, uh, you know, a crowd of 100,000 people online <clears throat> is a little intimidating these days. But um, I, I want to challenge myself because I know I can do it. That's great. And uh, so, yeah, be between that and, and piano, I'm and I even bought a guitar, but I have I've barely touched the thing. But uh, I just want to start relearning music because I felt like that was always the missing ingredient for me. Anyway, people people would always tell me, you know, your your voice sounds technically good, but it, it, it's just something missing. Mm. And, and every audition, I, I, you know, I'd get so far and then eventually I'd get cut. And, and I realized that it was because I wasn't staying true to my own voice. Mm -hmm. I was always trying to conform to the idea of what I thought other people wanted to hear. I don't care about that anymore. Like yeah. music is, is, is something that people take with them their entire lives. And if I'm not enjoying it, if I don't rediscover that relationship, then what the, what's the good of it? And so now, even though I don't have the same aspirations to perform on a stage, I feel like I actually love music now more than I ever did. And, and every time I sit down and every time I play or every time I open my, my mouth to sing, I feel like nowadays I have a chance to, to express myself. Mm -hmm. And, and I, in a way, I feel like I reclaim that for myself. So that's great. That, yeah. That's, that's where we currently are. I, I still want to, I have way too many piano books and I can barely play anything from them. And so we're working on that right now, but um, that I'm, is a, I, I can do that on my own pace, you know? So you have your own music in you. Yeah. Have you found a way to let that out? Not yet, admittedly. But you will. Yeah. You will. I, I, uh, part of this whole growing process is trusting that uh, the steps I'm taking now will help out future me to do it later. It's so interesting, music. I mean, I wrote my first song, my first piano piece when I was seven years old. It's called Cleopatra's Tune. I still remember it. It was in D minor because there was a lot of stuff going on at home. Um, <laughs> How Mozartian of you. <laughs> right. You know, but um, gosh, I, I actually, a friend of mine, Jean Bereson, uh, who is a psychiatrist at MGH, is about to come out with a book mm. about music and how it's such a part of the community. And he gave me the great honor of, of asking me to write a short essay for the book. Um, so it, it's, uh, it is such a part of who we are as human beings, Yeah. You know? but you're absolutely right. You can be really technical and yet there isn't that, you know, that connection, that piece that's just coming from your soul. Mm -hmm. So I cannot wait to hear uh, you sing from your soul. It's going to be pretty cool. Here's hoping they, they uh, I'm getting a little antsy. They haven't accepted my donation incentive yet. It's still pending and I can't book my travel plans until I know whether or not they need me to come in early to help set that up. Hmm. So uh, it's, it's a, it's getting a little annoying at this point, but I'm just trying to stay patient. I, I know they'll get back to me eventually. 
so many potential puns in there. I'm, I'm not <laughs> just, I, I'm just noting them. Um, that was one of them. I'm just noting <laughs> them, but on a scale of one to 10, I guess it's B flat. All, all right, right, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right. Thank you. Uh. <laughs> so this has just been great. I, I hope we can do this like every nine months, you know, so we can follow your, your trajectory, the path, and, and you can share that with, with the audience. That would be Please. really, really a great honor for us. Yeah, anytime. You got a couple more minutes left. But I, I, Sam, I, I so appreciate your willingness to be this open. Uh, Again, it's, it's great modeling. You know, it's all about trust, right? Respect leads to value, value leads to trust. And when you trust, you can share who you are without worrying that people will judge you as less valuable. Yeah. Um, and that, and even if they do judge you as less valuable, that's there I am. What's going on with them? But the best they can do to feel valuable is try to make me feel less valuable. Hmm. And I think that's such a strength of Twitch. Not not to overshadow you, Zem, but there's a Twitch streamer named Hassan Piker, who his whole goal is to de-radicalize young men specifically from the shadowy parts of the internet. And he's so successful because he's he's so forward and so open about his own experiences. And he'll also when when he's faced with the people devaluing them, he'll He's, he's not as professional as you, Dr. Joe. He will spit it right back in language that they will, for lack of a better word, respect. Hmm. Respect is certainly a way of putting it. <laughs> yeah, like he's, he's like a halfway point between, um, I wouldn't call him a halfway point, but he, he, he's, his whole thing is reaching out. His idea is that no one is beyond uh, rehabilitation. And that's why, that, that, that's what the Twitch community is. And also, he's he's really easy to aggravate, and yes. people on his stream love that. <laughs> and, and like you, you'll know you broke him when he he's down to. And I, I've kind of adopted this when I'm in an argument with someone who, who is clearly just ag- arguing in bad faith. He'll just answer the question with "I f-ed your mom." <laughs> <laughs> there's there's actually a, uh, speaking about Hassan specifically. There was a a YouTube clip that, that popped up in my recommended feed. It was, uh, there's another YouTuber named casually explained. And, uh, what he does is he just takes very complicated t- subjects and breaks them down into like very silly, short, like, uh, you know, like stick figure drawings and things like that. He just like talks about them. It's very mild mannered. And he was talking about Twitch streamers during one video. And he, uh, was talking about how there's like a lot of people who throw money at women because you know they expect things or what have you but then he was saying that like like you open yourself up to a lot of criticism when you do that and it's really stupid to do that and he's like and he's like but listen i get it he's like i don't subscribe to hassan the same guy we're talking about uh for his political views like he just made that joke because hassan is very very openly far left and uh she's like yeah i don't, I don't subscribe i don't give him $25 a month for his political views. And he showed like a picture of him looking of Hassan looking like really handsome. And uh, Hassan actually reacted to the video and he paused the video right there to just be like, oh my God, I can't believe this guy's even talking about me. He checks to see, he sees that the guy actually is subscribed to him at the highest tier. He, he gives him $25 a month. He sees that and he's never typed a single word in his chat. And so he follows through on the joke with that. And he's like, oh my God, I can't believe he actually just gives me money. And he unpauses the video. And then in the video, he just goes, thanks for unpausing the video, Hassan. And then like, <laughs> wow. it was wow. insane. He, Hassan just starts freaking out. He just Did like, he do the thing? Did he do the thing where he goes, he just screams yo into the mic for five yeah. seconds? Oh yeah. I love that. That's the chat incredible. went ballistic. Everybody was, was dying. It's like, I can't believe I'm this predictable. <laughs> Wow. Well, he is. That's he and, and that's like an endearing thing. He'll always be eating like noodles or something, mm-hmm. and then he'll be watching like a, a Joe Rogan or Ben Shapiro clip, and someone says something either very stupid or very racist, and he'll just go. <laughs> and he'll click, and then he goes, "What's it, yo?" And then he'll play it again. It's like, and then he'll just say, "Dude, that's awesome. <laughs> that's so good." Well, this has been so good and awesome as well. And I'm tempted to go, oh, 
<laughs> so um, thanks so much for coming on. Please keep in touch. So I just want to thank you again. But this has been great. This has been great. Thank um, you so much for having me, Dr. Joe. I really appreciate it a lot. And thank you, Tom, for reaching out to me. Thank you. Yeah. And thank you for being here. Wow, look at all this. It's, <laughs> it's all our oxytocin. Patting ourselves what in the back. This is, this, this is one of the steps, isn't it? Trade thanks. That's right. Oh. That's right. It is, it is the final step in our smarting anger. Thank you, Tom. Yeah. Trade thanks. Elephant brain. Whenever you say thank you to someone, you remind them of their value. And 90% of the time, they're going to say in their own language, you're welcome, which means you're part of my group now. Hmm. How cool is that? So thank you. And you are always welcome uh, as part of our group. Thank you so much, Dr. Joe. Night, guys. Dear Romeo, drag from the vile. Did he do it for love or was he just being wild? Who knows? Van Gogh. Stretch the canvas, brush with madness. Is it sadness or just a show? Van Gogh, go, 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 go. up the phone.